Hello and welcome to Heart Yoga Radio. We haven't done an interesting times for a while so we decided the moment had definitely come today as times get more and more interesting by the minute. All sorts going on. Now let's uh, start off with something closer to home. Kind of a bit of a good news in a way. The, uh, the Tories lost a couple of by-elections just recently. Absolutely trounced. Which, uh, although isn't a... Uh, a glorious moment for socialism, unfortunately, um, is still something we can have a little bit of schadenfreude about because these seats that they lost have been Tory strongholds for quite a long time. Hmm. Yeah, these uh, this, these elections broke all kinds of records. They have pretty big big uh, majorities overturned. I mean, one was twenty four thousand, one about nineteen or twenty thousand. Uh, by Labour, Labour won. And in, in, and in one of these constituencies, the, the Lib Dems lost their deposit and came, came sort of sixth, I think, or something. But they were behind far-right parties like uh, uh, UKIP, which still strangely exists, you know, the, the um, Britain First Party. So it's a, it's a funny thing. But John Curtis, who's the... Professor John Curtis, who's the expert on all this... Um, just clarify what, what it signifies and I think he's probably right as he says uh, by-elections are not really super indicative of what's to come they tend to be reactive you know and, and, and not a, a little bit anomalous but he thinks in this case that it is signifying a trend by, by looking at the past history of by-elections and it's broke a number of uh, records in the past history of by-elections. But we should put this in the context of very, very low turnout, 30%-ish, that kind, kind of level. And it seems, uh, now that the figures are being looked at, that these victories were produced by Tory voters, basic Tory voters. You know, what they call, you know the, the voting base, the solid voting base, didn't turn out and if they didn't turn out you can imagine what the rest of the countries got designs on vis-a-vis the Tories so unless they can change their fortunes they are definitely out did, uh, did more Labour voters turn out for these or not? Uh, uh, actually no in one of them the, the Labour turnout went down it actually went down and they still won a skin majority and they won both of them Labour won both they won yeah. both with good good majorities, good majorities. So they were, they were overturning huge majorities, twenty four thousand votes. It's a lot, a lot, but it's it's Tory staying at home. The report is uh, the, the, um, and and also poll shows Starmer's not particularly popular. You know, no, he's on about the same level as Sunak. He might, sometimes he's a point behind, sometimes he's a point in front, but he's not he's not popular. It's not wild enthusiasm for new new Labour that's brought this result about. It's 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 the collapse in the, the Tory base, which is not surprising because they have collapsed as a party more or less. As you can see, they're, they're riven and ineffectual. Five prime ministers in however many weeks, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. Boris Johnson. And Mrs. the marvellous Liz Truss. <laughs> Mrs May, Boris Johnson, Liz Truss. And then we've got Rishi Sunak, you know. All, all in a short space of time and everything's falling apart, as you can see. So, I imagine... Well, in fact, I'm pretty sure that it's it's more discussed with them 
that will give us probably a Labour government with a pretty good majority in some time within the next year but they'll be looking for their moment now probably so it's kind of it's good news we can have some schadenfreude we, we, we need we need to see them be defeated on something we just need it you know yeah uh, the reason the reasons according to Curtis is that people the public were very very disgusted with Partygate and the other reason was Liz Truss's premiership which crashed the economy actually the uh, the market crashed the economy just to show us who's in charge <laughs> so yeah but yeah I'm, I'll sort of wag my tail a little bit at the thought of them getting it you know but I'm not pleased or expecting very much out of a Starmer government uh, Curtis said if this did translate as is these ratios into the future that the Labour would have 500 seats and the Tories would have like 20 odd 30 tops or something I don't know you know that kind of, but of course it won't pan out like that it will it will roll back and they have got a very very tiny chance of turning it but I, I must the Tories still have time to severely damage themselves even it, more than they are well, already that is what they are most likely to do given yeah. that, that, that they're not particularly competent really I don't think we've got any competent politicians. Well, you could probably there's probably a couple of handfuls. You know. I mean, the COVID inquiry is just starting to come out now, and that's not all out yet. And uh, no. I, I can't imagine the public responding ter terribly no. well to the findings mm. of that. No, I mean, if it catches the public attention, and if the media let it catch public attention, I'm, I'm sure that the the government's going to come out come out of it not looking very rosy. It's good. It, it, they, they, well, they fucked up. They fucked up. It's not to say that anybody else wouldn't have fucked up. It was a very difficult situation, but they fucked up. Yeah, but they didn't just fuck up though. They did. They deliberately. Yeah, they deliberately let it spread. They made a yeah. terrible. Uh, well, they didn't actually make terrible decisions because their decisions were based on they and their friends making lots of money. So if that was the goal of their decisions, they actually <laughs> made really good decisions. They did you? You know. Yeah. Just uh, awful decisions yeah. for uh, all the rest of us. Well, there was a lot of people did very nicely out of it. Yes. And generally, by Tory having, donors. having connections in the right places. Yep. Corruption. Yeah. Or what? And of course, you know, it really helped to, uh, you know, uh, hasten the demise of the NHS so we can all have it nicely privatised. You know, so, which another thing that they want. So, you know, in terms of their decision making, they were spot on for what they wanted. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But it, it, unfortunately, what's good for the capitalist class isn't necessarily good for the mass of the people. No. Even though they like to try and tell us that it is. Yeah. I think a key thing you have to get in your mind whether it just definitely isn't. Definitely isn't, yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. And that is illustrated by all aspects of the COVID stuff, really. So another thing we've been discussing this morning is Starmer seems to be wanting to get ahead of Tony Blair and become a uh, a war criminal be before he's even Prime Minister. Yeah. He's just been um, <laughs> uh, given notice of the intention to prosecute 
him for aiding and abetting Israel's perpetuation of war crimes by the International Centre of Justice for Palestinians. Mm. Because uh, his stance on it is very similar to Sunak's and, and he's mm. basically just given the uh, the green light to genocide, yeah. isn't he? Well, uh, there, is, there is a kind of history t- to that, I think, which just so that we we're batting on a straight wicket I should I should kind of say uh, you know I agree with the uh, I, I hope they prosecute him I hope they prosecute him the the ICJP I hope uh, so too yeah I mean they, they also they mentioned have in, a bit of slap in the they, face they, I mean, they, he was a human rights lawyer for heaven's sake I know, yeah. <laughs> they also they also mentioned other front front bench spokespeople Emily Thornbridge the shadow attorney general and um, David Lammy who'd be the shadow foreign secretary whose utterances have been utterly nauseating on, on this matter you know um but I think you've got to get it. You've got to get. You've got to get it clear. This is what I. I this is this is what I observed, and I did watch this very closely. Um, in the first instance, Starmer basically said, "Israel has a right to self-defence, and more or less unqualified right to self-defence," was what he intimated. He wouldn't exclude from that right of self-defence, cutting off water, drugs, food and fuel to Gaza. Oh yeah, because that's definitely self-defence, that is. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he wouldn't, he w- Starmer wouldn't, he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't say anything about that, he just refused, he just avoided the question. So basically what he'd done right at the initial start of this business was give the nod for Israel to do whatever they liked. And which it counts. I mean, the guy's likely to be the next prime minister. Very likely to be the next prime minister. So he's got he's got some influence already, you know. So it's not like his nods just inconsequential. He he gave them the nod to just do exactly what they like, which, given the past form, is likely to verge on genocide or actually go over into genocide. I mean, they've been persecuting these people for 70 years Israeli Israel is exactly the same age as me and you know it's it's a long they've been they've been at it a long time they have a, a catalogue as do Hamas I would hasten to say these are not pretty people either make, make no mistake I don't condone any any fucking violence between human beings and when it's per- per- perpetuated by governments it's even more hideous than than your common or garden pub fight, but that's bad enough. I don't can I hate it. It's wrong. Full stop. It was only lighter, and it wasn't very long, but very much lighter that Starmer stopped doing this. Now I have to put it in this context that he basically parroted the government. He, par- he parroted the, the the Tory front bench, and the Prime Minister, who is the who is the spokesperson for the country said pretty well exactly the same thing and so did Joe Biden in the first instance so did Emmanuel Macron right and it was it, it, it was basically that was a nod from the most powerful people on the planet including the, the soon to be quite powerful leader of the opposition 
in this country to the, the Israeli Defence Force to commit genocide. They gave the nod for genocide. It's what they did. You can't mince any words about it. They give them the nod. Go on, do your, do your worst. You're angry, do your worst. You know. And people, enraged people, are very, very dangerous, even if all they've got is their, their fists and their feet. These guys are kitted out with a, a high-tech army. You know, they spend four billion a year of US taxpayers' money on weapons, state-of-the-art weapons, which the British and the American governments are only too happy to sell them. <laughs> All of this is big yeah. books. Never forget this. This isn't being emphasised. This is big books for the military-industrial complex. Big books. Right? So... Now, now, what happened then? Very, very quickly after they realised what they'd done, because it's pretty clear there was a massive backlash against the, Israel, Israel's um, modus operandi in the ensuing chaos, which is just bomb the shit out of Gaza. And uh, there was massive reaction all around the world, particularly in the Arab countries. This right at the time when the, 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 the Americans have been trying to bring Israel into a safer position contextually in the Middle East by getting, by twisting their arm to have accords with Saudi Arabia and twisting Saudi's arms. They've got a big influence there as well. By getting them to sign accords and perhaps start doing trade and all the rest. Yeah. As, this, as, as, as America's trying to build this, this Pax Americana in the Middle East, um, this, this thing happens right in the middle of that and it's completely derailed it the the Arab leaders Saudi, Jordan um, Syria I think and, and Egypt wouldn't meet him they, 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 they'd arranged to meet him and they, they, they excused themselves when Biden was on the plane you know because of the the, 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 the lack of speaking up for the Palestinians and it's kind of whether it's broken that or not we'll see whether it was a good thing or not might be something certainly if you were a Palestinian you looked upon this with I would imagine with um, some trepidation because they were going to be without friends in the Middle East at least even even like the moral support of, 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 the, the, of, of the, the Arab countries around them so, so. Um, and that in the context of increasing uh, um, increasingly shitty behaviour on the part of the Israeli state uh, uh, under its horrific right-wing fascist governments, the last two governments, you know, it's horrific. You know. So that's, that's the, the thing here, the context. So there was a massive backlash. There was a massive backlash. And people are on the streets all, all around the world. They were on the streets in, in Houston, Texas, you know, where you might think, well, we're not going to hear much over there. But yes, they were on the streets everywhere and will continue to be on the streets everywhere from what I can see. Huge, huge. I know, so and, quite and, a lot going on in yeah. France, so, wasn't there? So anyway, it was very, very shortly after. I mean, it was only this, this, this what I call this nod. It was given just in that first instance. Then they started saying about international law. Then they started saying, oh, we're very worried about, we've got to get some aid in. But much further down the line, you know, and it's, you can, it's very clear that it's an afterthought. 
it's very clear that they misspoke originally. Uh, it's very, it's very clear that they're not going to get away with it vis-a-vis -vis popular opinion in, in the globe. Most likely not. And they've backpedalled a little bit at first, faintly, now a little bit more intensely. You can see, but Biden's trying to get out of it. He says things like, "We made a mistake with after 9/11 because we acted from rage." That's his. He's trying. He's trying to. He, he, he's trying to put it in an acceptable and a, maybe a poetic package of some sort. You know. Uh, or some package of some kind of like faux, faux sincerity whatever it is it probably does really feel like that but nevertheless it, it's representing a backpedalling but not trying not to appear to backpedal you know I don't know why they can't say it I mean what is needed in this situation right now is a fucking ceasefire with the major powers of the world calling for it the United Nations are calling for it but it needs the powers to do it first of all we can have the rows and the arguments and all that. Stop killing each other now. And stop immiserating people's lives now. That's got to be the first goal. And get the aid in now. You know. If you can, org if you can organise to get two, two battle fleets down to the eastern end of the Mediterranean, you can, you can organise forcing these buggers to cease fire and you can organise getting that aid in why don't you use your military might your helicopters, gunships and your transporters to get the stuff in why don't you just do something along those lines because unless you do you're a criminal that is a war crime even just at that level but what Starmer did giving them the nod and then getting his, his lackeys to deny that he'd given them the nod and that they'd always been behind international law. That, to my mind, oh, they can fuck off as a party. They're fascist adjacent, as far as I am concerned. Indeed. And in case people think I'm being a little bit over the top there, I would point out to uh, an appraisal given by Raz Siegel, who is a professor of Holocaust studies. And... Uh, Genocide studies. There's, apparently, there's a, a department of such studies in Stockton University. I don't know where that is. Anyway, the guy Raz Segal is an Israeli historian, and I'm quoting directly from him here. You know, he says that what's happening in Gaza now is a textbook case of genocide. This is a world authority on genocide, and in his view, this is a textbook case on genocide. I prefer to, his appraisal to Kirstarmus. But it does appear to me that much of the world, much of the population of the world, that's not the governments of the world, doesn't particularly want genocide going on in our modern day. And uh, we've just been talking about France this morning and I found that uh, quite heartwarming. And we can always rely on the French for a really good pushback. Just um, just go over what you were telling me this morning, because that was the first thing you said to me when when I when when you yeah. came down for breakfast, and I thought, yes, yeah. go I'm, French. I haven't got time or date on this, but uh, when all this this crap kicked off, uh, President Macron in France says we're we're having no demonstrations against Israel or pro-Palestine. It's made them illegal by edict. So the French public, you've got to love them. They were out on the streets 
isn't it? Of course they were. And there were thousands. It weren't just a few nutters. It's just like, it's just as far as the eye can see, these crowds, you know, and the, the, the reports. And of course, you can get people filming it on the ground with the internet, you know, so it does have some value. <laughs> and uh, not only that, this particular demo that I watched, which might have been yesterday or the day before, I, for, oh, I forget which. There's just so much, I, I, I'm not grasping the details so well. But what happened was that the Macron says don't go on the streets the French go on the streets they wave in their flags uh, so that the, the, the riot police get sent in and you see the French riot police you know they are a paramilitary force they come in with like Humvees and things you know anyway the, this crowd was so big and so, so determined they fucked them off the police left they turned <laughs> around and went that's yeah. a mind, no, that's a, that's a victory. That is, that's a to victory. my mind, that's more of a victory than this yeah. this this this, Bio, this the by election, yeah. Than this electoral this electoral fraud theatre, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's well, it's it's just showing that it can be done. It shows it can be done. You know, they're leading the way. Yeah, yeah. but but yeah. it all it also brings out another point, which is less, which is definitely not a woman that this situation is being used by our neoliberal governments to further their project of increasing authoritarianism in society. They want an authoritarian society. And they've been working on it for ages. They're all authoritarians. They claim they speak for freedom. Freedom's their favourite word and they're authoritarians. They want freedom for them and their class. Freedom for the super rich to exploit is what freedom means in theirs. It doesn't mean freedom for you. You will be a good, obedient serf. Yeah, that's what's in. That's what's in store for you, and hence the slow rise of authoritarianism. But this extreme situation has given them an excuse to accelerate it. And Macron just, uh, as a political naive, which he, which he is, just says, "Oh no, we're banning. We're not having that." You know. And of course, they said, "Fuck off." Same thing in Germany. Except the, in, in this case, the German riot police beat everybody to shit, you know. And, and got the water cannon out and, and, and all the rest of it. And it's illegal in Germany. You can't wave a Palestinian flag in Germany. But somebody's arrested in London for waving a Palestinian flag God. in London. And you listen to, to what's her name? Um, our, our Home Secretary, Sarah Braverman. She's, oh, she's an authoritarian, yeah. a really obvious, twisted authoritarian. But no, no, no there's, there's all sorts of excuses for for more constraint on your, your expression or your or in fact worse that your political your political will. Your political will is now in the crosshairs if 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 at the core of it in one way or another is is the insight that business as usual is not an option. And it's not an option in, in Israel either. <laughs> you know, it's not an option in Europe, it's not an option anywhere in the world. But if you hold that a political opinion now, you're in the crosshairs. And it's been like this a long time. We've never been non-authoritarian in any of these countries, but it's increased and increased, and it's subtle and it's slow. But in times of extremity, it can speed up, and they're speeding it up, and we've seen it. Few places, of course, are going against the grain. I think some Spanish minister went on on the, the TV and, and accused Israel of genocide and war crimes. I think it's Colombia, because they've got a left-wing government, one, one of these South Ameri American countries, the same. They said, it's got to stop. The People's Republic of China, of course, have 
uh, call for a ceasefire and their political influence does extend to Russia and it does extend to Iran and uh, through the, the BRICS relationships that are building up and uh, that needs to be factored into to your, your understanding I would say but plenty of the powerful countries in the world are uh, siding with genocide uh, I will note just um, there's a lot of a whole co kind of complex geopolitics going on but you should note that the, the UK uh, I, I think they abstained at the Security Council of the United Nations uh, on the matter of ceasefire which is deplorable but yeah good on you France yeah, it's very, very hard to predict where all this is going next, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it, 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 it feels like on a knife edge, could kind of go either way. Could yeah. Get, yeah. Everything is in, in, in super, super dangerous chaos. The chaos that I've been, that I've been talking about for years, what I call, like, you know, the, the fragmentation of the, the, the... We will experience as a fragmentation in the pattern of our lives as a result of collapsing systems that the systems that support human life at least going into chaotic states at the same time and reinforcing each other you can see it it's, it's as plain as the nose on your face this this is that <laughs> you know but it's got its own every, every little event in in this this disintegration has its own natural history its own its own players its own personalities its own actors its own history its own intricate history detailed with lots of forwards and backs and twos and fro's and unexpected incidents and funny twists and interventions from third parties. It's messy as fuck. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, it, it is when you get this big, uh, these big concepts to... Um, the, 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 when you get these powerful lenses with which to look, look at what's going on, you see that all this shit that's going down now is exactly what I've been, been talking about. But now the the political systems are collapsing, you know, and uh, well, war is always going to be the big fracture point in in this this fragmentary episode in human history. Well, I hope you're all okay, folks. It's a it's a stressful time, a difficult time, definitely, and I'm sure we'll be doing another interesting times as things unfold. Not to love. Mike, knowledge great again. All the best to you all, and we'll speak to you again soon.